Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And uh, we get started here today with a, uh, a guest in our studio. As we, uh, Repeat guest. Yes, we welcome <laughs> into our studio. Two-time. Two-time, yeah. Jesse Bernhagen. Yeah. Uh, Jesse drives uh, late model cars uh, down at Dell's Raceway, Thomas Sparta Raceway, and some other raceways as well. Glad to have you with us, Jesse. Thanks. Thanks to be happy to be back. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about, before we went on here, about uh, a different car that you were just starting to uh, kind of drive yeah. the last time you were in, and uh, things went pretty well this year. Uh, yeah, so last year, a guy named Brian Rogers approached me and just kind of laid out his ideas. Um, we went for it, we ran with it, and um, went into it, you know, f wide open this year. Um, ran a lot of super late model races, won two of them. Um, so those two are in the CWRA series. We'd, we'd like to win a couple in the Alive for Five series, which is kind of the, the big uh, best of the best, but um, we're still working on that end of it. Now, you mentioned uh, super late model. You normally run just late model? Yeah, or? so there's a, a pro late model and a super late model. Okay. Um, pro late, the only real difference is that we run on an 8-inch tire. We have a little bit shorter spoiler, um, and we got some more restrictions when it comes to engine, horsepower, different things like that. Um, shocks, but, um, but that's what I normally run is the pro late model. That's more of the weekly, um, every track for the most part has got a pro late model series. Um, and then super late models is more of a touring deal. Um, and so that's what we've been running that super late model in. You've been running down, I, I see, uh, in one of the write-ups, they call it Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> down at Toma Sparta. Uh, and you raced very well down there. In fact, you were the man to beat in the big eight late, uh, late model series. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have a chance to go down to Toma, you will, you will know why it's called Daytona. It is quite the place. <laughs> um, it's it's such a fun track. It's buried back in the woods. Okay. Um, you're in the hills of Toma, you know, right okay. where you get into that that edge, kind of yep. in that bluffy area. Ooh. It's such a beautiful track. Um, really nice facility, too. Greg has done a nice job with the place. Um, they started a late model series there this year, and I've been on Greg for, like, year after year now to get late models going there. Um, and so he took me up on it. We went down there and won the first three races that they had then they put a bounty on us at the last race um it was it was 500 to win if you could come and a 500 extra to win if you could come and beat us um it was an, it was a frustrating race we, <laughs> we started we started ninth after setting fast time almost broke the track record all this great stuff is going our way get down to the bottom drive right up to second and i, I was looking inside of the 40 car and um, he closed the door on me, so I said, all right, I'll try the outside. The outside didn't work. Um, ended up falling back to fifth, get back up to second, and uh, that's where he finished. Well, the guy that beat you uh, is a guy that you've been kind of racing back yeah. and forth for several years now, <laughs> yeah. Mike uh, Mike Litchfeld. Yes, yeah, good old Quattro Quattro car, yeah. they call it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe's a 44 car. He's been tough at the Dells. He's got his stuff figured out there. We had him at Toma. We were much faster than him, but just how it worked out. So, All right, so you won the, uh, the late model Triple Crown Championship there despite finishing second. Yep. Um, yeah, first year they did that. Um, uh, in the triple crown standings we set three fast times and finished first first and second so um born trigger was right behind us in points it was it was actually pretty close but 
Yeah. Now, when people talk about Triple Crown, they usually think about three things. Is that yeah. what this was involved in? Yep, three okay. races. Three um, races. They had yeah. four races there this year. One of them was a big eight race, which wasn't counted towards that point cool. system. Um, but we won that one, too, so that's where the bounty came in and all that. But, mm. but yeah, uh, every track sometimes does a Triple Crown of some sort. Um, the Dells actually has their final Triple Crown this weekend. So, so when they put a bounty on you, does that get a little dirty <laughs> out there? <or>? <laughs> so... <laughs> Traditionally, that's always been the fear. Okay. Um, and they they came to me and asked, like, "Hey, we'd like to put a bounty on you. How do you feel about it?" Um, and I said, "I don't go for it. Let's do it. Like, let's do something to promote the race and get more cars to come and exactly. and get more fans to come out." Yeah. Um, I was all for it. Uh, they they made a rule right away that I had to finish on the lead lap and that oh. they weren't allowed to spin me out. Basically, in order to win, they could move me, but they couldn't spin right. me. Um, and so I said, yeah, those are the rules. Them's the rules. And let's, let's go play. Okay. (laughs) Um, I lost my train of thought there as I was listening to your story. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, now you said bringing late models into Toma. Why didn't they have late models there before that? This area of the state, um, kind of Wisconsin Dells North doesn't really have a lot of pro late model races um we got marshfield right down the road that they got they do a lot of super late model stuff uh plover traditionally has been a lot of super late model stuff and wasa has been all super late um so toma is kind of in that weird range where they don't have a lot of super lates they don't have a lot of late models so they always just ran modifieds and sportsmen and a couple other other divisions like that okay all right so now uh we go to uh dell's raceway park where you have the big mid-season or the championships coming up this weekend yep um, and you're right now, I think, in the points, the points leader. Currently. At Dells. <laughs> Currently. <laughs> um, so how much is this going to be uh, affecting that uh, this weekend? Greatly. Um, we've, we won the last race there, and that was way back on August 6th. Since then, we've had two rainouts. Um, the second rainout was on what was supposed to be championship night. So the track owner made some calls talked to me and mike the two top guys right now on the points and said when can we reschedule it um it worked out for this friday night um so then because we lost two nights he said okay we're gonna make it a double points night to make up for past races lost so we're running one feature that's worth double the points so i'm going in with a 12 point lead that in reality is more of a six point lead um which is one position on the track. Oh, so okay. wow. so I have I have to beat him in qualifying to make it two positions on the track, um, and then hope for the best, pretty much. Now you mentioned you mentioned good. before we went on, you're you're possibly going to race three races. Three I hope days. so. I hope so. Um, <laughs> this 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 uh, this past weekend um, in Jefferson, we raced. They call it the two day show. We were in Friday night and Saturday night. Um, and you go in and you race three features in two days um, and all that, and it's great. Um, this coming weekend at the Dells, it's their three-day show. So we run Friday, Saturday, and then on Sunday they run the Tundra Super Late Model Race, which our Super Late Model that, that Brian owns is legal for. We could race it. Um, he was not planning on racing it. So I got I got a little work to do on him <laughs> to see if we can <laughs> get there. So if we were if we end up running that race... We would have a 60-lap feature on Friday night. My brother would race the same car later that night for a 30-lap feature. 
Um, I would race an 88 lap feature on Saturday night, and then we'd have a 100 lap feature on Sunday. So in, in total, it turns out to be around 300 laps of racing. Holy mackerel, that's wow. a, lot of, so, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of laps on yeah, a car. This past that... weekend at the Dell, or in Jefferson, we did 150 in my late model, and then I raced a legend car too, which was a blast, and that was another 50. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of racing in September and August, yeah. October wow. usually. Yeah. Well, those are, those are good racing months, so it seems like. you know. It's, it's the perfect weather for yeah, it. it um, it's not too hot where yeah. you're just dog-tired by the end of the day, and uh, you know you put on a sweatshirt, maybe a coat by the end yeah. of the night, and you're, you're good to go. Uh, yeah, and it's and the cold in the spring is no fun either, is it? Or in in the race car, you're fine. Okay, there's <laughs> no fans there. Yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I, my perfect race day is 65 degrees. Okay, um, you don't sweat that much, and you're just comfortable. Sounds yeah, like so. it sounds like you're gonna have a half heck of a weekend then. So. Yeah, it's gonna be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And this late summer, there's yeah. so many rainouts. It seemed like it rained oh, just about every August. weekend. It's yeah, cyclical. Yeah. It's it, a, last year we lost all the Friday races. This year we lost all the Saturday, Saturday races. Yeah. It was just terrible. every Saturday, yeah. just about in August, it was raining. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we wish you good luck down mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, this weekend. Um, now, in other sports, you know, you, you see these guys compete against each other, and and afterwards, you know, they're all, you know, everybody's talking, and is that the way it is with racing? You're like talking about you and Mike Marshawn Lattimore and. Mike Evans? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not that extreme. Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe not that extreme. Uh, there are some guys that get along. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Maybe they went down and uh, had a drink yeah, afterwards. Yeah, maybe. Smoothed it out. But, I mean, um, like you and Mike uh, Letchfield, and, you know, you're competing all the time. I mean. We've had our run-ins. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, last year was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what causes certain things sometimes. Um we're all aware that you know we're out there trying to do the best we can and we're not trying to wreck each other right um last year it just got a little bit heated neither of us wrecked each other it just was and it was just tense mm-hmm. um this year me and him have been good um we've had no problems um for the most part i've had very few run-ins in my career um the ones that do stand out um so yeah like there'll be there'll be moments where yeah have to have conversations after the races. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more moments where you're able to hang back, crack open a beer, and just have yeah. a good time. That's you what know, they always so. say, you know, about like the NASCAR guys. They later in the week the phones are ringing and they talk it out. Yeah. And very seldom do. Yes, there are some natural rivalries, yeah. but for the most part, it seems like they get things smoothed out week yeah. to week. So. One of my longest time rivals. His name is Nick Nolden. We've been racing together since 2014. Um, back and forth for wins since in the last 10 years it's we're the best of friends this year he chopped me off once and i didn't let him have the spot i kind of moved him out of the way and we weren't very happy with each other (laughs) um he called me on monday we smoothed it over and we were good by the next saturday it's it's one of those situations there's other situations like my situation with the 11 car down there right at the moment not as smooth but it'll work itself out eventually now some of the stuff that you you know like you mentioned uh, cutting it you know doing this and that is that part of the racing or is or yeah. some of that stuff you know a little underhanded or um i think when dirty pool so to speak when you do it consistently then you'll start to get kind of that rep- reputation as a dirty driver okay. um if it's a one-off like what it was with me and nick this year it is what it is um i've had some guys that you know chop me once chopped me twice the next week, chopped me three times, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm starting to get sick of it. Right. I'm going to let you know, and you better you better not have a problem with it. 
because I've got I got my GoPro sitting right there and sitting right there next to me that watches you chop me every single week, <laughs> <laughs> and I can spread the information. So, yeah. All right. Well, again, we wish you good luck uh, this weekend down there Thanks. at Dell's Raceway Park. I want to bring up something else that somebody uh, brought to my attention. I had no idea what was going on, but there is a high school racing association yeah. in Wisconsin. Uh, actually started a couple of years ago uh, between La Crosse Fairground Speedway and also Madison International Speedway. Yep. Uh, any thoughts on that and how you feel about um, It's a great idea. Uh, Jonathan Eckelberg is the president. He came and talked to me a little bit. Uh, knowing that I have the connection to Nielsville School, um, seeing if I could get some kids interested. And basically, it's um, my understanding of it is the kid buys their own car. The school has nothing really to do with it um, unless they want to. Um, and the car could sit in the school, and you could work on it as, as such, uh, like a class, or you could not. Um, and then the school is affiliated with um, you know, having their, their name associated with the driver. And then that driver goes out and earns points throughout the season, and the school could win like a state championship, okay. in the sense of like, um, if if three kids from Nielsville went and they finished top three every week, um, then they'd earn enough points to be the state champion school. That's you know that's similar how they run the uh, the the trap shooting yes. too for the high school. Sure, yep. same thing. Yep. You know you don't see uh, you know Nielsville team practice or whatever, right. but you know they do have points towards a. I guess called mythical state championship. There's some schools that have started to uh, allow it to be a letterable sport. Okay. Um, Mondovi, I believe, is the one. Mm-hmm. And they're over there by Toma and Lacrosse, and yep, they're kind of right, right in the heart of it. Yep. They've got, like, five kids that are racing, so they won the state championship this year just off of volume. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, I think their one kid was, like, won almost every race. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a really great idea that is a good way to get kids involved mm-hmm. in the sport and working with cars and that sort of thing. Have you seen them race? Yeah. The young guys? Yep. Um, at the Dells, the one night, they only had, like, four cars. But um, I've seen them at Toma where they get, like, 20. Wow. Um, wow. Rockford, they pull, like, 30 of them. I mean, that's in Illinois, so I don't know I mean, if it's the same. A little more population but, there, too, I think. Um, you know, but, well, it seems like yeah. that's – I looked at the list of schools that are involved, and a lot of them are down closer to Illinois. Yep, yep. Um, it started, again, with Lacrosse and Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toma jumped on board because they're right down the road from Lacrosse. Yeah. And Mondovi, too. Um, yep. And then uh, Rockford, I, I don't know. I guess it's just high school racing. It's not Wisconsin mm-hmm. high school racing because mm-hmm. Rockford being in Illinois, Illinois. and um, the Dells has had them a couple times. Plover's had them once. Do they do pretty good? I mean, I'd... yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're kids racing. Um, I that's mean, what kids like to do, anyways. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, no, there's I race against a kid that's like 14 years old. I started racing late models when I was 14 years old. So like. It's not unheard of to hear of high school age kids racing. It is unheard of to hear of an entire field of high school kids out there at the same time. Yeah, that's totally um, different there. And that's where it, it becomes a little bit more exciting because you can tell that they are all learning together. There's some that are better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some that have work to do. Um, but it's the same thing on the, in the late model side of it. But those kids that have work but to do, you don't notice it. this gives them a chance to, to improve on those skills against right. their peers. If they were going against older guys, they're pr- pretty much not going to do anything, and it's going to really depress them, if nothing else. When so I started when I was 14 years yeah. old, it was a long road to get to where we are now, being yeah. championship level. We, we won races my first year, um, but it took 
seven years before we were really a true championship contender. And by that point, I was 21 years old. Yeah. That's not high school anymore. That's, right, right. You know. Yeah, some of the schools that are involved from our area, Melrose, Monduro, West Salem, Black River Falls has some, and Toma. Yeah, yep. it's just that whole connection to lacrosse, right? Toma yeah. right yep. there. So. Yep. So. You see it as something maybe expanding out? or? Um, well, I, I built a six-cylinder race car for my brother um, this summer, and I could sell that to a kid in Nielsville if they want to buy it. All right, then there we you could, go. Then we could expand it. There, there you we go. go. Bring it up to Nielsville. Yeah. <laughs> Be the northern guy. Yeah. The high school high school <laughs> racing association is yeah. what it's called. Pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. Though, so. yeah. <laughs> but that, that's truly all it takes. It's a six-cylinder car. You rip the interior out. You put a roll cage in it, and you got a race car. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. All right. Actually, pretty so. simple. Something they can do right in their shop class. Really. It's, it's not it, like you got to build it, a race car. Well, like you, yeah. and that was the whole idea. Like you could do this in your shop class. You could learn so much about. I learned so much about the inner workings of a street car. Mm-hmm. Like I know race cars, but I don't know street cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again, yeah. Jesse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. If you want to stick around, you can. Uh, it's up to you. We're going to talk <laughs> high school football and about a bunch of other stuff here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good luck to the Warriors this week. It's homecoming. Yeah. So yeah. Homecoming. See how they do. Going to be a tough road, but uh, yeah, they got that Mendovi score. Right? Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Um, we'll, we'll get see. right. We'll get right into that. Uh, okay. Uh, Nielsville Granton. Yep. Thanks. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, we'll get into uh, catch you on the next show. Yeah. <laughs> Mondovia, Nielsville Granton uh, this week. Uh, Nielsville Granton up in Fall Creek last week and uh, yeah, took just, one on the chin there. Just couldn't yeah, get but, in the end uh, zone. And too it. many wasted opportunities, Larry, in the first half. You know, their first three drives, they were inside the five yard line on each drive and uh, ended up with only six points out of it. And then uh, right at the end of the first half, a muff punt was to me the biggest play of the whole game. Yeah, and that. Um, Fall Creek was able to recover inside their 15-yard line and, and got another touchdown to make it 14-6 at halftime. And then the Warriors came out three and out, and on the first play, the Fall Creek had it in the second half, 55-yard screen pass for a touchdown. All of a sudden, you're looking at 21-6 to six and, and looking straight up. And yeah. after that, they had a throw and a few turnovers. and just. But, you know, I, I said there are good things to take out of it, Larry. The defense was great against the run. They were absolutely great against the run. Ben Kelly had been averaging 100 yards a game, and he I think he had about 15 in the game. Yeah, so, right. And they've been know, doing well, the yeah. defense for Dillville. They've stopped the run for yeah. every game. You know, and, and that's why you know this game against Mondovi it gives you a little hope because you know Mondovi comes in there with a twin attack. You know, uh, right. you know Rudd and then the quarterback, Faulkner, they both rushed for over 500, uh, 530 yards, and they both have nine TDs. So, I mean, you can't key on one or the other. It's It's a... Two-headed attack there. So. One thing about those guys, though, is they're they're a little bigger, a little bigger kids. They're so. big kids, and then uh, Faulkner is also a terrific passer right. too. You yeah. know, he's he's thirty out of forty-nine on the year, sixty-one percent, five touchdowns and no interceptions. So he's uh, he's kind of the real deal. So yeah, this is a team that's uh, ranked uh, not just number, the uh, Wisports.net poll, yeah, but they're ranked number seven in the uh, AP poll this in year, in the paper, which is you know I believe the small part. They're in the yeah, small school, small yeah, division, so. yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're going to be a load. But, uh, you know, the Warriors, every game they've come to play, and I think they'll come to play again, and we'll see what happens. But uh should be a nice battle up here tomorrow night. Well, and it's homecoming, so yeah. you got a little bit of that you incentive know, and then, there. And one other thing I want to throw into the mix, too, Larry, is next week uh, Regis goes to Mondovi. You know, maybe you catch Mondovi uh, catnapping a little bit looking ahead to next week, too. So yeah, you know, yeah. think about it. Yeah, so. you bet. Um, just looking around at some of the other conferences here uh you look at the Valley Football Association, 
That is about as upside down as like, every time we talk about somebody, they get beat. <laughs> yeah, Rapids was the team that was supposed to be the clear-cut favorite, but right now Marshfield's 2-0. and Yeah, and Marshfield was a team, if you looked at the preseason that we looked at, they were picked to be on the bottom of the right. conference. So, And and, uh, and well, we, last week we bragged up Wausau West, so Marshfield went into Wausau West and beat Wausau West. So. Yeah, it's going to be so, a conference that uh, anybody can win. Yeah, I, it, you know, it's going to be interesting. and. With that kind of balance, it's going to be hard to get a lot of teams in the playoffs because right. they're going to be knocking each other off. So. Yeah. So. Uh, then you look at the Merrillwood Conference. you got Colby, Auburndale, and Marathon on top at 1-0. and But, yeah. of course, Edgar with that one loss, but that was to Colby. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't talk about Marathon much, but they really ha- handled Abby last week. I think it was 56-30. Yeah. to 30. And So, we, had, you know, we kind of had them down at the bottom. But uh, they came alive last week and knocked off a previously undefeated and ranked in Division Six Abbotsford, so right. pretty easily too. And now Colby and Auburndale are both five and zero on the season. Yeah, Auburndale yeah. surprise team yeah, this year. Yeah, and Auburndale uh, goes okay. This week Marathon is at Auburndale. Edgar and Abby play this week, so so that should be, be some changes in the standings again. Could be. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, the CWC small uh, assumption really. Yeah, uh, it looks like it's going to be theirs. And to that win there. looks to me very like it's a. You know, I don't want to say weak, but other than Assumption and Pacelli, it doesn't seem like there's much in that conference at no. all this year. No. So, you no. know, um, Iowa, Scandinavia, very down compared to other years. And so. Yeah, they but, were a state team. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't that long ago. Oh, yeah. And, and it's a team that regularly made it to, to uh, level three and oh, level yeah. four. You yeah. know, so. They haven't won a game yet. No. Uh, Stratford and Amherst, pretty much the. Uh, Teams to beat in that uh, Central Wisconsin large big, conference. Big game over there this week, though. Uh, yeah. Stratford's got to go over to Wittenberg Burnwood, and Wittenberg Burnwood is a very dangerous team. They 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 are big and they have some fast kids. Uh, their fullback Goderman is six two two twenty. Oh, wow. and he is a load. Yikes! And, uh, that is a load. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. Uh, he's wrestled Gunnar Hoffman a lot <laughs> in his life, and. Uh, and uh, there, he is a tough kid and a good kid too. And I, I guess he's got a lot of D two, possible D two scholarships mm. on the line. Good so, for him. Yep, good for so. him. Uh, girls volleyball, big matchup tonight in the uh, Clorbell Conference as Nielsville travels to Marshfield. Yeah, uh, Nielsville, pretty easy Tuesday night, three three games over Kobe. But yep. uh, tonight, uh, we'll see what's all about. So at Columbus Catholic but, tonight. Yeah, so both you, teams are two and zero in yeah, the conference. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Right, and so. Yep. They got to go in there, and of course it's in Columbus's court. But uh, you know, the Warriors have what it takes. So. And Columbus Catholic, I believe, is ranked. In yes, the they last are. First poll mm-hmm. or late, latest poll, they ranked mm-hmm. two in Division Four. Yeah. So, so yeah. And Athens almost got beat last night yes, by Abbotsford. Did. Yes, they did. So. <laughs> Three games to two, <laughs> yeah. they beat them. But yeah. seems like every time we talk about somebody ranked, they get beat. Lately, yeah. So <laughs> maybe we should not do that anymore. No. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope it happens in Mondovi tomorrow night. So <laughs> right there, you go. All right, uh, let's get into where are they now here on the program. Okay, Larry, I'm going to go up to Greenwood and talk about Jana Lee Rondorf. And Jana Lee was a 1995 graduate of Greenwood High School. She was a four-year letter winner on the Indians volleyball team. As a sophomore, she was honorable mention all-conference. As a junior, she was first team all-Eastern Cloverbelt Conference. And as a senior, the Indians were Cloverbelt East champions, regional and sectional champions, qualifying for the WIA D4 state tournament where they lost their semifinal match to Turtle Lake. Jana Lee was first team all-conference that year and Cloverbelt player of the year. In the winter, Jana Lee was a four-year starter on the Greenwood uh, girls' basketball team. As a freshman, she was honorable mention all-conference. As a sophomore, she was a first-team all-conference selection. As a junior, she led the conference in scoring 
and uh, was first team all conference. As a senior, Jana Lee was again the uh, Clover Belt's leading scorer and was first team all conference and Clover Belt player of the year that year and a Channel 7 all star. In the spring, Jana Lee was a four year letterman on the Indian softball team. As a junior, she was second team all conference and as a senior, she was first team all conference. After graduation, Jana Lee was offered a basketball scholarship to NCAA D2 Michigan Tech, which at that time, uh, Larry was coached by Kevin Borseth, who would later on have tremendous ses- success at UW-Green Bay oh, yes. and also the University of Michigan. And for the last 12 years, he's been back at UW-Green Bay. So, yes. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Jana Lee's uh, freshman year at Michigan Tech, they were 18 and 11. She averaged 9.8 points per game and 5 rebounds per game. Her sophomore year, Michigan Tech was 21 and 9 and qualified for the NCAA D2 tournament where they lost in the regional finals. Jana Lee averaged 7.4 points per game and 5 rebounds. Her, se- her junior year, uh, uh, Michigan Tech was 21 and 10 and again qualified for the NCAA D2 tournament and again losing in the regional finals. Jana Lee averaged 7.1 points per game that year and 4 rebounds per game. Her senior year, Michigan Tech was 28-3. They were Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference champions and qualified for the D2 tournament, NCAA D2 tournament where they lost in the regional finals. Jana Lee averaged 7.9 points a game that year and 4 rebounds. She was named her team's most improved player that year and was a first-team Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference first-team all-defensive team. For her career at Michigan Tech, Jana Lee played in 114 games, scoring 906 points and getting 440 rebounds. Jana Lee graduated from Michigan Tech in 2001 with a bachelor's degree in business general education. For the last 12 years, Jana Lee has been employed by the Abbotsford School District as a business education teacher. Jana Lee Rondorf Knappmiller and her husband Jake reside in Thorpe, and Larry, of course, Jake is also a teacher in the Abbotsford School District and is the head football coach and track coach. So, well, I did not know that yeah, she was married to him. Yeah, oh. pretty, pretty good connection there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you, you do these uh, where are they nows and yeah. Boy, I tell you, bring I, back I, a lot of memories. I know they? I've been here a long time, but I know I, I broadcasted a lot of those games. Yeah, she was a tall girl. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I don't know which of her sports was the best. I, uh, basketball, obviously, but she was a heck of a volleyball player, yes, too. Yes, yep. And, you know, I said she played basketball at a time where, you know, you had the, the Owen Withies and the Mosinies and the Thorpe to battle in every yeah. week. So they maybe didn't get the team recognition they pr- would like, but uh, she was an outstanding individual. Oh, yeah, so. oh, yeah. yep. Jan- Lee Rondorf, yeah, yep. sure. Remember that name very well. All right, uh, moving on here, taking a look at what's going on with uh, – College volleyball, the Wisconsin women uh, kind of dropped in the poll. they got a big weekend coming up here as they start the Big Ten Conference Yeah, they, they broke the attendance record but lost yeah. the match. Yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> last, news and bad news. Last Friday night, so lost to Florida in five sets, but I believe it was 16-something for a crowd at the Yeah, Cole it was over 16,000. Cold yeah. Center, and then Sunday, uh, Sunday they came back and beat Rhode Island at the, at the, the old barn, but... Uh, yeah, so, but, so yeah. tomorrow night they're going to host Northwestern to start yeah. the Big Ten, and then they got Minnesota at Minnesota on Sunday night. And Minnesota is ranked in the top five, I believe. Uh, they're number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Okay, yep. so that should be a heck of a battle. Yep. Okay, so That's yep. on the Big Ten Network, yep. 7 o'clock Sunday night. If okay. You want to check that yep. out. And uh, the Wisconsin uh, football team, 
Yeah, pretty easy win over New Mexico State. And, I hope uh, they enjoyed that one. Cause... Yeah, because Saturday it's going to be a little tougher. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Columbus to take on Ohio State, and that'll be at 6.30 on, the fo on Fox. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, Badgers look like offensive line still got a lot of holes in it. But, uh, you know, everything looks good against New Mexico State. Right, but, right. Uh, We'll see what it looks like against a Division One. Because it didn't look that good the week before. No, against Washington State, which, and I'm not crumbling Washington State because I think they're a fairly decent team, and they played well. But uh, uh, Ohio State is yards and yards ahead of uh, yeah. uh, uh, Ohio, uh, oh, yeah. Washington State. Excuse yes, me. Yes, so. yes. So. All right, uh, Brewers got a win yesterday uh, yeah. over the Mets. Kindly salvaged one out of that salvaged series. Salvaged one, and uh, I've – it really makes you kind of angry about the Tuesday night game where they had a 4 nothing lead, and, and I know it was a bullpen game, but uh, it was just just kind of odd how he went in about using that bullpen in that game. He had Boxberger in the sixth and Rodgers in the seventh. and I, just, I, get, I keep going on and on about it, Larry, but nobody seems to know their roles other than Devin Williams in the bullpen. So, yeah, because you know, yeah, Rodgers comes in at yeah. different times yeah, all the I time. Said, for long, you know, year, you know, the last few years, it was always the same thing. They had a seventh inning man, and a lot of times they've had a sixth inning man. Right. And uh, and an eighth, you know, and for years it was last year was two years it was Devin Williams setting up Hater. You had Boxberger in the seventh. You've had people like Jake Cousins and that in the sixth. And uh, this year it's just like uh, you know you're spinning a wheel, and whosoever name comes up comes in. And uh, you know, and a guy like uh, Rogers, I think. Um, who is so used to closing comes in the seventh? I don't think he's as, as effective. No. I, it's a different mindset. I know, think so. he. I think him and Williams could, you know, yeah, go back and forth, set up. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I would almost, you know, when they brought Rogers in, I would almost left Williams in the setup and put Rogers in the closing, just see what would happen. Right. You know. So, yeah. Yeah, because Williams is so yeah. used to doing it. Yeah, and then Matt Bush is used to closing too. Right, you know, and he's been used anywhere for. Yeah, he's started a game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. right, yeah, and, it, and it's different for these guys because yeah, they're it, used it's, to it's doing a whole different mindset, yeah. you know. So, but. well, they got a big four-game series now with the Reds. Reds, and this they make a break. They're two games out. We'll see what happens. Got to make hay now. Yep, better make it. So, but they always say make hay when the sun shines. I guess so. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we got Thursday night football on Amazon tonight. Yeah. Pittsburgh at Cleveland, and Should be apparently. Amazon did very well in that first. Obviously, night. I you know I didn't of course didn't watch the game, but no, uh, yeah, I, obviously people are paying to see it. You know, so they said they said they had a record number of new Prime signups over a three hour yeah. period. It'll be interesting to see how that stays up. You know, you know right away the new broom sweeps clean, Larry. Yes, yep. and you want to see you know maybe people want to hear Al Michaels and, and Curb Her, 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 Curb Street how they work out, but yeah, uh, or just see how it is. You know, but we'll see if those numbers keep up for the season, but. Usually Thursday nights you got some pretty good matchups too. Yeah, Pittsburgh at Cleveland's very nice matchup. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, but, yeah, big uh, big division matchup. Yeah, so we'll see there. So, but. well, there are five NFL teams who are currently zero and two. Three yeah. of them made the playoffs last year: Bengals, Titans, and Raiders. Um, those three teams plus the Panthers and Falcons begin yeah. their uphill climb this weekend yeah. because twenty-seven teams yeah. started zero and two in the last three years, and none of them made the playoffs. I'm kind of surprised by the Bengals. I know it, they haven't even really looked that good. Good, you know. Uh, Dallas last week beat them with Cooper Rush at quarterback, and I'm not saying Dallas is a poor team, but you know, I, oh yeah, man, you let Cooper Rush beat you, yeah. you know, I said, and then um, and Cooper Rush actually looked pretty good. Yeah, he's two and zero as a starter, so so maybe <laughs> maybe he's the real deal. But that, um, of course, I watched part of the Oakland game too, uh, Las Vegas, the uh, Raider yeah. game, yeah, Raiders, just to see go. how Adams did. 
But there again, they had a huge lead and let it go all the way. And then uh, the winning touchdown was scored on a fumble return from Hunter yeah. Rempro fumble right. into in field goal territory. So, but uh, you know, I, the laughing matter was next day on uh, Sammy Watkins had ninety some yards of receiving for the Packers, and Devontae Adams had twelve for the Raiders that day. So. So I don't know. You, you keep up with those numbers, we'll see. Yeah. Two receptions, 12 yards, and a touchdown. That's not going to make Devontae too happy. No, so, no, so, but, no. He's used to doing a lot. But more there's a lot that. of people on, you know, There's you got Renfro, you got Waller, and Jacobs needs his carries, and so we'll see. So, but. Uh, well, he wanted to go. Yep. So. <laughs> uh, 129 nominees are up for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Joe Thomas is on Joe that Joe Thomas, list. the kid from Brookfield, out, you know, playing for the Badgers, and. Played his whole career with the Cleveland Browns. Yes, you know so, and and I I think Larry I I when he I think he will be a first ballot, I or close to it anyway. Should be. Yeah, anyway. he'll be right up there. He should because I think he was all pro just about every year of his career, and he and he played for a franchise that didn't get into too many big games either. Right. So right. Yeah, so, the Cleveland yeah. wasn't too good. No, the years he was no, there. he was the thing that stood out in Cleveland. So so. Uh, let's see uh, the NBA. Uh, they're going to have, well, actually Boston's going to have the number six on the free yep. throw lines of the parquet floor, yep. and they're asking every team to have uh, the number six on the sideline by the scorers Okay, team. that's a good idea. Bill yeah. Russell, I consider Bill Russell a pioneer in this yep. league. Um, you know, it's whatever you want to say, but uh, he he was a part of a dynasty. The great, Probably the great, other than the New York Yankees, maybe the great of the 50s and 60s, oh, yeah. maybe the greatest dynasty in sports. So. Yeah, 11 championships. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah. And the first black coach ever to have two championships as a, as a player coach, too. So. Yeah. So. And the NBA is also expected to eliminate the one-and-done rule. Okay. Which would lower the age limit for the NBA draft from 19 to 18. Yeah. As early as 2024. I, you know, I kind of like that. One and done is because I thought the kids would go to college and mature a little bit for a year, but you know what's one year? You know, I said right. it's you might as well take them right out of high school. So yeah, like, well, and most know. of them are going as freshmen anyway. Well, so. and most of them, a lot of these guys, Larry, are going to prep schools. Their senior, junior, and senior years, right? They're playing college caliber ball already. Right. So yeah, yeah. So, if they're if they're you know, wanting to go to the NBA, yeah. they're already getting ready. Yeah, it'll make. I think that might, it'll make the NCAA all that more interesting, you know, because you're going to have, you know, the Dukes and the schools like that aren't going to get all the McDonald's All-Americans because right. they're going to yeah. go the pros sure. instead. So, yeah. Yeah. so we'll see. But uh, Yeah, that'll be interesting for yeah. NCAA. I never thought of it from that angle. Yeah, you know, so. so. All right. Anything else you want to add here? Uh, Covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. Thank our guests for coming in here. Yeah. Packers uh, versus Tampa Sunday, 325 on Fox. Got to win. The whole Central Division is one and one, so they're tied for first. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady and company a little banged up, so yeah, hopefully and, we can come and in there Mike and get a Evans win. Mike Evans suspended because of his fight with Lattimore yeah. in the yeah. in the in the New Orleans game. So uh, we'll see. So, but you know, uh, one thing that scares me, Larry, is all the rushing yards Chicago got the other night, and you could see a lot of Leonard Fournette in that yeah. game. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll see a lot of our two-headed That's right. back, too. Yeah, so. we rushed for 200 yards, too. So. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we got high school football tomorrow, homecoming in Nielsville. Nielsville granted in mm -hmm. Mondovi, 7 o'clock on 92.7 WPKG. That'll wrap it up for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazer. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you next week.